Before we get into this week's official Scottish Rugby podcast, we think it's only right um, to react to the devastating and heartbreaking news yesterday of, of the past of Tom Smith. Somebody I played with, um, somebody who I was inspired by, he inspired so many people, undoubtedly one of the very best ever um, in a Scotland shirt and any rugby shirt, but more importantly, uh, off the rugby field around the world as well. Bravery beyond what you could imagine or even describe in terms of how he, uh, how he played the game and how he fought his battles off the field. Um, you just have to look at the tributes that have, that have came in already and, and the, the people who've, who've posted these tributes uh, all around the world, and that will continue just to, to find out um, what Tom meant to so many people. Uh, I think in many ways it's almost impossible to find the right words to say, um, uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be able to do that over the coming weeks on the podcast. We'll, we'll speak to uh, some of those who are closest to Tom. We'll chat more about the memories and, and, and certainly the good times shared uh, in, the, in the podcasts in the coming weeks. But for now, I think it's really important just to say that our thoughts are with his, his friends and family, especially Zoe and the kids, um, and with you know thoughts with, with everyone who, who've been affected. Well, delighted to be joined uh, by Lee Jones at Scotland Sevens on the official Scottish Rugby podcast. Rachel and I are going to have a crack with, with Jonesy as the, the squad uh, head to, to Singapore and Vancouver for the latest leg of the World Series. We'll also look back at the, uh, the games at the weekend, including your game, Rach, down in Cardiff, and look ahead to the game against uh, France at the weekend. And Shona Campbell's going to join us as well. So we'll uh, have a, a, a good roundup and a preview of all the rugby over the weekend. But Jonesy, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're currently injured at the moment, uh, not available for, for the Scotland Sevens, but the uh, the players are, are back in the, the World Series and they're heading it to, to Singapore, two games, well, two tournaments, Singapore and Vancouver back to back. How's the squad looking? It's, uh, they've had a, a good hit out just uh, last week or the week before down in Wales, didn't they? But how does the squad look ahead of the, the World Series kicking off again? Yeah, it's it's good, Rossi. Um, thanks. It's good to be on. Um, yeah, the squad. Um, we've had a wee bit of time since the last um, trip away, which they, they rejigged the, the season a wee bit. So yeah. that gave us a bit more time. Um, so the guys have had seven, almost eight weeks of, of prep. Um, like Malaga and Seville. Was that Mal- Malaga and Seville? Yeah. And then so we they were the first two well. legs, but they were obviously not Spanish legs. They were just hosted there because of COVID, wasn't it? Less travel and stuff, wasn't it? Aye, that's right. It came in because of, because of the travel to the Southern Hemisphere, I think. Yeah. And it gave an opportunity for, for Spain to, to host a couple of tournaments. So um, something a bit new, but um, it was good. And it was, it was a good start for, um, for us as a squad to get going. Um, and like I say, yeah, the guys have had a decent training block. They got down to, to Wales a couple of weeks ago. Um, managed to get some competitive ties in, um, which is which is really good. You know, you train against yourself the whole time. It's good to to get down, put what you've been putting into practice against opposition, um, and and full on as well. So the guys came off the back of that, um, pretty pleased. Um, had a good couple of days down there, and then they they um, packed up and off to, to Singapore on Saturday. That must be quite a brutal kind of mindset shift in terms of like, obviously when you start a seven season, it's usually kind of competition, competition, competition. But to go from, I guess my question is, I guess, to go from how they coped with going from kind of competition prep almost into like another mini pre-season um, and now to get back into that kind of competition mindset. Yeah, I think you're right, Rachel. If you'd asked like straight after 
Seville. The way that the two tournaments and the way the squad had built through the two tournaments, it was almost like you just want to play another game. Yeah. You could tell the guys were like that. They were like, right, we've... So initially we had, there'd be another tournament almost a three weeks. We were back for a couple of weeks and then it was right back into it. So the guys, you know, off the back of that were like, right, we need to go again because everything's been really positive. We've built a lot. And it was probably a case of getting back home Right, things have changed a wee bit, and then, but then in hindsight, it's probably been a good thing as well. As much as you want to get back on the horse and, um, you know, keep the momentum going, it's it's really allowed a good training block and yeah. running into this next one. Because, in all honesty, the training block into the the first two tournaments, we've probably had more training now than we did before the first two. So, yeah. um, and with so much to work on and so many positives to take forward. It's funny. The other thing that's I suppose that that suits is the fact that the squad's reasonably inexperienced. Just looking at the, the kind of squad list, you'd also Jamie Farndale, Captain Jamie's 45 tournaments, um, Nick's up Harvey Elms, 23, Ross McCann, 18, and other than Coombsy, who's at 16 tournaments, the rest are all single figures, the two tournaments, three tournaments. So that time together, and then the hit out, the, the hit out in Wales, was that was against Wales and England, wasn't it? And the players were saying it was in the Principality with no fans. Um, but it was really worthwhile. So, so getting that game experience is really important for, you know, for, for what really is quite an inexperienced squad, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, there's a real balance or like a, a real mix of guys at the as you mentioned, with a lot of experience, and then guys that are maybe fresh in, maybe a couple of tournaments, some some new caps as well. Um, so there's a real mix there, um, and and speaking to the guys. You know, after we've been away in Spain, uh, the guys are like, you, you can't beat playing in a tournament for experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do all the training and you know, it serves its purpose, but they found that being away um, and putting into practice what we're training and then playing against opposition in a competitive environment is so important. And and they feel that they gain, they gain so much just in that short space of time over the two weeks gained so much in terms of experience so um yeah so coming back there obviously they felt they were a lot further ahead having gained that and then even that the, the trip down to wales to play against england and wales and in, in, in full-on ties um, over a couple of days was like it's usually beneficial um because that's what the guy that, that's what you really learn from when you're going at it um you know, in a, in a, in a full-on tie as opposed to, you know, a lot of the stuff we do at home. Um, you probably can't do too much contact because the squad's so small. You'd almost, you know, for it. risk of injury, you have to do enough to get practice in, but you can't be, you know, killing each other every day because it would, it would kind of eat away at how much you could do, if that makes sense, if you're nursing bumps and bruises the whole time. A hundred percent. There's a real balance to it. And, and with how intense the... the you know those two weeks when you're away are probably yeah. so intense that there's a yeah. there's almost a recovery once you come back. You know it's it's not just you're back and you get a few days off and you're back. There's probably a bit there where you know you're up here in terms of intensity and preparation, and then also come back and then it's like you said a mini preseason. You build it back up, um, and then you're almost you're adding in the contact again towards the end of that block, and then the guys are in a and a good spot to, to go away to Singapore. I guess as well with like the difference between, I guess, and, and you obviously know this from transferring across the two codes, the seven, seven, 
the 15s in terms of like, you guys are sevens you have to get a load of meters in your legs mm. so you can't be coming in from one day to the next to a dead leg and then missing out on yeah. I, I would assume anyway and like the importance of that conditioning element is slightly kind of higher on the priority list isn't it and that sevens exposure to really have you match ready so if you are knocking lumps out of each other one day you won't be able to get I guess that exposure the next day or, or the day after yeah um, like Sean Lamont does a great job with it with the S and C stuff with the guys. Is he um, still as grumpy? Ah, oh, he's quite. He can be quite a happy as long as <laughs> you know, as long as the boys are in line, he, he goes all right. But he takes no prisoners if there's, really you know, if there's stuff left lying about, which is fair <laughs> enough. He he calls himself his self-proclaimed dad. So um, yeah, no, he, he keeps everyone in line. And in terms like the conditioning, the, yeah, the boys, we do a lot of running and training. The boys get put through a lot. And, and you need to, because you need to be in a good spot yeah. um, to play. But there's been a big focus as well over uh, almost our wee mini pre-season there on contact conditioning as well. So, um, and, and that's a big thing in sevens. It's not just the, it's not just the running and running on running and the repeatability, which is obviously important, but it's probably that... Um, you know, for example, 30 seconds where you've got a rock to clear, a tackle to make, 60 metres to sprint, a down yeah. up, and, and that sort of thing. So there's been a lot of that, trying to replicate that sort of stuff in training. So, you know, having the guys wrestling and then into a scenario in a game, back into a 60-second wrestle um, and that sort of stuff. So I think the boys are probably cursing Sean for that, but uh, they'll, they'll be in a good place. And then um, you're obviously out at the moment with um, a bit of an injury. We'll be seeing you back soonish, or is it going to be a bit of a longer term thing? Yeah, no, it should be relatively quick. Um, it was kind of like an awkward fall when I was out in Seville, actually, um, and just needed something tidied up with my knee. So um, I'll be back running the next week or so. So um, as you might get that conditioning back in the legs, and uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll be I'll be back back training with the guys um, when they're when they're back in uh, off the plane. So I'm 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 buzzing to get back running. Uh, I've been missing it. We'll yeah. see you at the weekend, though, won't you? You're um, gonna be working with um, you know, the Scottish rugby screaming at the Melrose Seven. So you've got a you won't be on the field, but a big day off the field. It's a, a massive event, isn't it? Great that the uh, Scottish rugby can can stream it and, and bring it to those who can't be there. But um, a long day. How many teams do you say were were involved? You'll be doing your your your. Uh, you're, you're I've been doing my homework already. Yeah, there's there's 26 teams. 26 teams. Um, so that's a lot of homework to get information on 26. So so that's the thing. And then you could have done all the homework for a team, <laughs> and then they're out. So <laughs> you know you got to maybe hedge your bets a wee bit. But at the same time, when you've got a draw with 26 teams, and there's obviously that mix of um, invitational teams and club teams. I'd, if someone could predict that, you know, that draw um, and the way the results will go with that, there's always surprises and, and whatnot. So, um, and some top players come as well as the local, Saturday. sorry, as the, as the kind of, the kind of well-known faces from, from Scottish rugby, there's, there's a few big names from, from world rugby involved with some of the invitational teams as well that we've seen in the World Series and uh, it should be, a, it should be a, a pretty interesting afternoon. I, I think Melrose Sevens is one of these events that, it's so unique in that way that um, when else would you get that group of players, yeah. you know, together 
in competing in a in an event. You've, I think over you know the past ten or so years, there's there's always a sprinkling of international sevens guys throughout the tournament. Um, and you look back at teams that have maybe won it in the past and guys that have gone on to do well, you know, in sevens in the fifteens game, and mm-hmm. it'll be no different at the weekend. I know a, a couple of the invitational teams and. Um, they've got some. They've got some good players going along, so it, it should make for a good spectacle. Yeah, there's a bit of homework you need to worry about, Jonesy, when you're covering sevens, as you know. Teams with a small squad probably have to borrow players. If one team gets knocked out, somebody's going to have to jump in a squad later on in a, a quarter semi final. So yeah, I know you'll have your finger in the pulse, but you have a big day. Uh, and listen, it'll be a it'll be a great festival of rugby on the you know four G surface as well for the first time. So. It's uh, it's going to be a pretty pretty fast uh, afternoon's rugby. But um, just before we let it go, the uh, I say that the, the group for Singapore is Scotland lads will face Argentina, Wales, and New Zealand. So there's a lot of familiarity in terms of the players you play against. That the players will know them well. But as every pool, as every group, and every leg of the the, the World Series, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, it, it's uh, yeah, it's it's Wales first up, who obviously played last week or a couple of weeks ago in warm up, then uh, New Zealand, then Argentina. So what what can we expect from the opposition this weekend? Um, yeah, you're right. And, and the way the the World Series is at the moment, you go into a game. I think we're in we're in a good place. We can go into any game and um, and really expect to win, regardless of the opposition. Um, but at the same time, you can go into a sevens game, and if you're not on the money, then you can end up on the wrong side of the result. So. Yeah, as you mentioned, Wales obviously a wee bit uh, um, that gave it an interesting twist, and when the boys were down training another week there, so um, and quite familiar, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the guys know each other from GB squads and whatnot. Yeah, um, so there's a bit of familiar familiarity there, and um, so that's a good one to open. And then Argentina and New Zealand, we've not played there; we didn't play them in, in Spain, so. Um, and New Zealand just coming into the series having missed the last two legs, so um, they, they'll be ready to go, and, and it's always a test against New Zealand. Um, and Argentina have been really strong uh, over the past year, six months especially, um, and they've got some real quality, just like almost like a typical Argentinian team. You know, they, they're tenacious, they defend really well um, and they've got that kind of sprinkling of stardust at the moment as well and they can they can pull something from nothing. Yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on that as we will <laughs> alongside the sevens. I think there's an early morning one as well so it might be a I might have to be up for 15 minutes at 2 in the morning before getting yeah. into the on the on the Saturday. That's right, it is. It's, uh, I think it's Wales at quarter to four Saturday morning, and then New Zealand at 10 to 7. You'll be up for that one. You'll be up and done a run by then, Jonesy. Uh, and then Argentina at about half past 10. So a busy day. And I suppose um, one debutant, Harry Patterson, you know you know Harry well, he's been involved with, with Edinburgh Rugby as well. Um, but great for, for Harry to, to join the squad for the, for the first time. And um, he'll be he'll be looking forward to experience that, won't he? Yeah, um, really excited for him to get, to get an opportunity. Um, he's a great lad, great lad. He's done really well coming into training, um, and he's the he's the sort of guy that I think will thrive in the environment, and the guys will help him along. Um, he's very he's an inquisitive sort of guy. You know, he asks questions. Um, he 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 wants to 
kind of improve his game. He's constantly asking the guys around him where he should be, what he should be doing. He's very vigilant and diligent with that stuff. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him getting a run. And um, he's, a, he's a fit guy as well. So, um, he'll, be, he'll be running all day, I think. So, <laughs> guys will be making the most of that. Well, Rach, always good to catch up with Jonesy. He's, um, he's such a lovely lad and obviously successful with the national team with Edinburgh and Glasgow and currently for, for a good few years with the Sevens. Um, so I hope that knee picks up. But uh, he's, uh, he's behind the mic at the weekend, Scottish Rugby website, streaming all the games. We're here in uh, nine hours. The rugby starting yeah. at 10.40 a.m. That's a, that's a marathon, isn't it? It's like a Sevens fan dream, I think, there. Uh, yeah, no, brilliant that it's getting the, the exposure it deserves and yeah, good day of rugby to be seen, I think. So, well, busy. Um, so good luck to, well, certainly the, the squad over in Singapore and everybody playing at Melrose as well. Um, Shona Campbell's going to join us uh, very shortly, but um, and we'll kind of look back at her her impact really on, on the Six yeah. Nations, winning the first cap in November then, playing really well. Yeah, um, proper star in the, the making that one. I know, uh, yeah, so we'll... Uh, We'll have a chat with her, but before she pops on the weekend, the game against Wales, it's like I don't know where to start. But the first <laughs> thing was, I was thinking, I was thinking, but I was like, is that one of the toughest losses? Experience, rugby experiences because yeah. it's a weird it's a, one, it's a weird one because there's so much so good, and just to ultimately not to get anything really up, not to get the win on the day, yeah, is the, is the headline, but. I felt for you because it was almost like I wondered was that one of the toughest rugby events you've been involved in? Yeah, in some ways, yeah. And it's a funny one because I've been in much more, I guess, important matches in terms of like what was at stake and and stuff like that. And obviously been in the wrong side of results there. But I think there was something about this week, like we had a like pretty turbulent week going into it, yeah. and that I guess, you know, that gives you an extra fuel going into a game and a bit more emotion into it. And then to be so dominant for 60 minutes to then, you know, we re like we should have been like, and it's our own fault. Like the reason we lost that game is completely on us, which makes it almost harder. Um, I think, you know, if because we, in my opinion, we probably should have been at least another 10 points up by half time, but we just yeah. didn't capitalize enough on, on those, um, the pressure that we had. And I think, seeing some of the girls at full time, you know, looking right at my front row, to be honest, like yeah. Christine Belil, like was literally on her knees and like Emma Ossel yeah. on her knees and like just seeing the emotion from them, like I think almost looking around that circle and seeing how much had gone into that performance to then be so close, but just not, not quite make it, it was heartbreaking. It, it was, it was heartbreaking. Although we like our goals, the Six Nations are much more, performance focus and, and we said that from the outset still like to put that much into a game and probably for three quarters of that game deserve to be the winners and not come away with anything was was hard uh, but we'll learn from it um you know I feel like we're saying that a lot at the minute but we'll learn from it um I've yeah, I've got to push on. It's it's so it's so funny. It's no funny. It's opposite of funny. But if <laughs> I wasn't someone, laughing. I know that's what I mean. if someone was to ask, what's it like? What's professional sport like? What's international rugby like? That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is that is international rugby in terms of what you have to deal with, what you put in. Sometimes what you don't get back out. It, 
like I think there's a there's an idealized an idealistic view of international rugby professional sport that it is all good. It's not is more of it is hard <laughs> than mm-hmm. is good. Um, oh, and I totally agree. I there's like, a lot more lows in sport. Well, yeah. Whether you're the, even yeah. if you're the best team in the world, there's a lot yeah. more lows uh, that go into that end kind of achieving that end goal than there probably is highs along that journey. But I guess. The but reason then, we, we do highs. it is for those highs. Yeah, you're, you're just holding on for them, aren't you? And, and then and then the highs even within that game, and that's why it is quite encapsulates almost international rugby. The highs yeah. in that game were excellent. The, the uh-huh. start, I thought, was brilliant. How dominant, how controlled it was. The right side of the penalty count, winning the, winning the territory, good discipline, early try. The tries they scored, the, the one after half time was a brilliant try. The one yeah. before half time was 24 phases. It's three minutes on the nose. I know. Um, three minutes of intense rugby looking after possession and getting that score. And then obviously the one immediately at halftime was excellent, but then probably a combination of what you had to put up with in the week in terms of, you know, just illness and injury culminating in that last 20 minutes where, I mean, the discipline probably was as bad in the last 20 as it was good in the the first half. But I think you're right. The one or two opportunities in the first half probably hurt. And it's just, sometimes I think as well when you know the reasons for not winning and they're quite yeah. obviously there it makes it harder because you like yeah oh 100% so. like we we could pick them out so, like we didn't even need to analyse the game like we yeah. we could pick out the exact opportunities that we coughed up and and I think that's it's good because we're now seeing those like you know in previous seasons we didn't have the intelligence or the rugby intelligence yeah. to, to necessarily see that at the time and we really needed to reflect on it and view it but like we knew instantaneously exactly where we could have got points and I guess that shows that we are moving forward but um it's frustrating like I say because it was it was ours for the taking um and we we let it slip I guess that makes it that little bit tougher but um yeah we've got an opportunity to go out next week and and kind of I guess end end this first kind of group of three games on a high and take the week to recover and then come back and finish off the tournament as strongly as we can. Absolutely, and uh, we're joined by, by Shona, Shona Campbell now. She's joined the call, so we're uh, we're kind of debriefing uh, in an honest fashion the, the game and the frustrations that we can. But uh, Shona, you, you've had a an amazing last few months, so winning your debut uh, in November, and then your involvement certainly in the, the impact off the bench against England. Your first start that we can just tell us, you know, other than the results, obviously, well, the Japan game was good, but other than the results of the first couple of weeks and the tickle Six Nations, just how how much fun, how much enjoyment, how much pleasure you've had from from breaking into the squad and, and doing so well? Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing, especially like seeing the first game in England, having that crowd there was amazing at Dam Health. That was something else, seeing all the support from the girls and it being a record crowd as well. Um, so yeah, that was amazing. And then to go down to, to Wales, obviously didn't get the result, but that experience of starting and getting to, to start the game, yeah, that was a huge experience that... I'll cherish. How many starts have you had at fullback? <laughs> that was uh, it. Was that the first time? <laughs> yeah. I know you've played yeah. fullback. I know you're predominant the wing, but again, if to perform so yeah. well in a position you've never started in, and your first start takes a bit of courage as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a bit of a shock, but um, <laughs> we've all kind of had to adapt these past few weeks in the squad, so kind of just had yeah. to step up. <laughs> now, like, I think, like, from my point of view as as I guess a senior, an older player um, this week. Senior, not older. Senior, senior. (laughs) Senior, um, like this week, like 
it's actually mad how well like our our inexperienced players have adapted like Shona getting getting in as as their first start out of position and at a position which isn't is is you know mostly you'll know more than me but I'm very like critical in terms of um tactical stuff in in attack and defense but also Emma or um coming in and starting at 13 and the pair of you like just took it in your stride this last week it's it's been a pleasure to watch but um I think it does also show just like how how much we're kind of growing as a squad that I guess people like yourself Shona and, and Emma can come in and, and and put in performances like that with with not that much experience I mean I think you can correct me if I'm wrong Shona I think Emma's only played in like the third tier of Scottish rugby prior to to that game at the weekend so um yeah it's it's it's, yeah. it's a pretty pretty impressive um place and exciting for the future in terms of how you guys are all going as well how, how do you how do you do that Shona like is it in a sense of youth in some ways or is it just a real well probably both but a real kind of mental strength to deliver the performances at such a high level where you don't have that experience behind you I mean is it you'll get a lot of help obviously from the senior players around and, and coaches but it's it is I don't know how, how how do you deal with it how do you perform so well with with you know relatively little experience um, I think it's probably a mixture of a few things. I think naivety is definitely one that's kind of paid off. Is, um, yeah, exactly. Nothing to lose um, has definitely played off, um, especially for that England game. Like, I had nothing to lose. It was a great opportunity. So just kind of take it with both hands. Um, and then I think another thing is definitely like the girls in the squad do fill you with confidence and make sure that you're aware that they're there to back you up on every decision that you make. So that's like a big thing that's helped the young lot coming through, especially like other back three this week really supported me to make sure that I knew that I could do my role at 15 so that that's been huge as well um yeah do, do you think I'm looking I'm looking for a positive in the last couple of years but because everybody's had to adapt and you you know you as a squad really more so than than most do you think that just constant change and being able to adapt and take everything is right the last kind of couple of years have helped in terms of preparing for for shocks yeah, I'll probably answer this one just because Shona's obviously a little bit fresher in. But like, yeah, 100%. Like, I think back to like our first, and we were probably the first squad, I think, in, in international rugby to have to deal with any of this. Our first, mm-hmm. in Italy. Um, yeah, our first kind of COVID drama um, mm-hmm. back in Italy, like how much that shook us and like how we dealt with that compared to how we deal with kind of any kind of adversity we get now is like, like now it's just like, right next job how do we fix this Mm -hmm. how do we move forward whereas back then it was like a massive emotional roller coaster and like we've kind of learned that that's not helping anyone as being super emotional and kind of getting a bit dramatic about everything like we've grown to be quite matter of fact with adversity um obviously there's times and places to to be emotional and and I'm a big believer in that in sport and that's why sport's so incredible but there is also times and places where you've just got to be quite matter of fact and when you're losing teammates left, right, and centre, you've kind of just got to mm-hmm. park that and move on to the next thing. But um, no, like the, the we're in a good place, I think, in terms of of dealing with that stuff, and it's just bringing us together. Like Brian talks about it a lot, um, just how strong our our bonds are as, as teammates, and and I think that adversity that we've faced across the last couple of years is, is a massive part of that. And before we look ahead to to France, um, Shona, just. A bit about your rugby journey, really. I mean, you, you, you've you been in a flex background and played a lot of touch, but just how do you get involved in rugby? And I suppose, how, how 
quickly did you did you find that love for it? Um, yeah, so I started when I was about five um, at Montrose because mum and dad run that. So I just kind of got stuck in because my brothers were there and I didn't really want to stand and watch anymore. Um, so, yeah, I kind of played there until I was about 14. Right. And then at that point, took a step back from rugby and focused on netball because I was playing netball at, at that point. So played netball until I was about 18 and played some touch rugby alongside that as well. And then once I came to Edinburgh University, I took a step back from netball, kind of just fell out of love with the sport. I'd gone through like the age grade and it just wasn't for me anymore. So I thought, why not pick up rugby? I'd always had the love for rugby. Um, it was just more of a logistical thing was why I stopped at the beginning. So came back to that, did under 18 sevens, and then I've kind of just been stuck in the pathway ever since. Um, and then after COVID joined in with the women's squad. <laughs> You obviously had as well, well, like a little bit of a, I guess, deviation, shall we say, into um, the GB7s as well. Tell us a little bit about that experience and how that kind of helped prepare you for coming into the, the International Scotland setup. Yeah, so I think that was huge for me. That was like a real development opportunity. Uh, obviously, I wasn't selected for the World Cup qualifiers for Italy. And then off the back of that, got another opportunity um, with GB. So that was great. We got to go to Canada and especially the players there, they just come off the back of an Olympics. So obviously I had a lot of learnings to learn off of them. Um, and especially like the older lot, they were great at kind of bringing me under their wing and teaching me things that I wouldn't have got from just staying in the Scotland setup. Because obviously it's different ideas from different areas and I'd never had that exposure to other ideas before. So yeah, that was great for me. Um, and then coming back into 15s off the back of sevens, I think the main thing for me was that confidence that it gave me. I got to play like on the World Series against teams that I probably wouldn't have got the opportunity to otherwise. So having that exposure has really kind of gave me a confidence coming back across the 15s. So the, um, you would have played against some of your former teammates at the weekend then? Was there any verbal on the pitch or was it all quite cordial? Uh, yeah, it was all... I think the friendship it went to the side on the pitch, off the pitch it was fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, all friendships go out the window when you're on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> good learner and this week massive chance of both of you really isn't it um, it's France on Sunday at Scotson uh, I think it's a, is it 12 o'clock kickoff isn't it so it's um, 1 o'clock uh, 1 o'clock is it 1 o'clock um, so. uh, they well I watched the France Ireland game last week and in some ways they're, they're quite they play quite a similar brand to the, the Grand Slam winning men's team where they, they like to play territory their defence is excellent they almost squeeze you to put you under pressure and then score in that counter-attack. Um, Set-piece is good. So um, I don't know if you guys saw that game or not, but it was uh, one or two kind of star players, but a, quite a similar, I suppose, task that the, the men had in the, in the Six Nations just two or three weeks ago, similar shape of, of opponent. No, absolutely. And I think like uh, their kind of standout player at the minute is Sonsus, their, their nine, nine, who's... Yeah. Who, so clever, you know, eh? So, like, when you compare that to their men's yeah. team in terms of Dupont, it's it is it is pretty similar in terms of like watching. I watched um, a bit of that game today, and just like watching how she plays so quickly off the cuff and instinctively, like that is is so difficult to defend. So I think like, yeah, it's it's, it's one of those where teams like England are are quite not. I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word regimented, but they have quite a clear pattern of play. Mm -hmm. um, so from like a planning point of view from your defence, it's it's you kind of have a good idea of what you're going to be shown. But with France, like I would say they play um, a little bit more off the cuff, like they love their offload game. 
um, and they have a huge number of very talented players. So um, it is a massive opportunity for us, probably from a defensive point of view, to see where see where we're at in terms of stopping um, teams like that, that that play that style of rugby. Italy's probably one that's coming up that are mm-hmm. a similar kind of brand where um, you know they're quite hard to predict. Um, but I think our attack has been really, really promising over the last two two games. Um, and we haven't converted enough of our opportunities. So it's quite an exciting opportunity to go in and, you know, try and capitalise, I guess, on things like turnovers because um, that's probably where we, where we might be able to strike in and, and make more of the, the kind of pressure we've had and, and take some of those opportunities next week, this week. Hopefully the weather's yeah. good. Yeah. Say, it is one o'clock, Rach, isn't it? I'm yeah, trusting I you. I think so, yeah. I think you would know better Watch than me. Watch me get it wrong, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> one o'clock at Scotland. And it'll be great to be back in Glasgow as well. I mean, it was a, yeah. it was a home for, for a while. Got, built a really good support. Obviously, damn hell, the last couple of home fixtures have been, been incredible in terms of the, the, the attendance and the noise and the atmosphere. So we'll hope for, for much of the same at Scotland. Definitely. And people like Shona um, won't have played it at Scotland, so yeah. it's, it's a new experience for... for some of the, the new younger younger players in the team but yeah we we've we love got's been there for a good few years now and we're all excited to get back out there and hopefully like you say um play in front of that amazing crowd um that we had a couple of weeks back um hope they make the trip to to Scotland to support us because they they really did make all the difference well it's shown up as we were saying there is um actually a, a really fast start hasn't it to our international yeah. Experiences, but she uh, and you mentioned the attack, and she's kind of uh, typifies that in some ways. How good the attack's been, how sharp we are on, on counter attack, but our defence against England was a, was a headline as well with some of our yeah. hits and, and our reads in defence. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, no, um, absolutely. Really and good. Day. You know what I would say about Shona as well. Like it's it's not happened by mistake that she's yeah. kind of um, crashed onto the scene quite quickly and, and and performed really well. She's someone who's very professional in terms of how she approaches her performance you know she's very much someone who's always asking the coaches for for more feedback and, and analyzing her own performance and stuff like that so it's, it's no surprise to see how quickly she is improving and it's kind of mad to, to think how much she's improved actually since she she joined the squad last would be almost a year ago I think now um but she's just getting better and better and she's still so young so it's, it's really exciting and Emma, you mentioned Emma or outside centre or first cap as well. I mean, she, she's very similar in terms of, we said it there when we were talking to Sean about how they just take everything in stride, but just a real instinctive knack of doing the right thing at the right time and attack and defence. I mean, I watched a couple of decisions she made in defence, which is in an instant stepping uh-huh. in in a position she's not familiar with. And then obviously, yeah. um, like really effective kind of breaking the line as well in an attacking sense. Oh, she's, she's a pretty special kid, to be honest. Um, you know, I said at the, at the weekend when I was presenting her shirt, like, you know, sometimes players come along and they really make you double take. And like, mm-hmm. I think all of us since Emma's has come into the squad only just recently have been like, well, like she's going to be signed pretty special. She's 18. She's only 18. She's only 18. She's mm-hmm. only played for Bigger, who play in the, obviously the third tier of, of Scottish women's rugby. So she's had n- next to no experience in terms of anything like that level to step in mm-hmm. and start at 13 up against Hannah Jones, who's a very experienced international player on, on both the sevens and fifteen circuit. Like 
she was phenomenal like and completely unfazed she has zero idea how good she is <laughs> it's such a lovely quality um i think like we've all been telling her a lot this last week so hopefully her head's not gone too big yet but, but like you say like she's so instinctive um she's just a really nice like player in terms of when she's got the ball in hand she makes good decisions she's class running and um, class like running with the ball passing with the ball all the different skills that, that you'd like from your 13 and defensively really really strong so um I think there is still like a little like she's like I say not huge experience so whether she'll mm -hmm. stay at 13 or or might play elsewhere in the back line like she I think she plays in a couple of different positions at her club so uh but yeah no another one I'm, I'm very excited to see the future of yeah absolutely in a good good position and I wish that the best of luck is always on Sunday um yeah. uh France are one of the kind of unbeaten teams so it's a big challenge but I think you're right challenge, if you indeed. could if you could get back in that field immediately after kind of the emotional last weekend, I'm sure you'd have jumped at it. So the opportunity comes along Sunday, which is good. The uh, pro teams were in action last weekend. You said, uh, well, Glasgow uh, got a bonus point victory at home to Zebra. You saw a bit of that, you said. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, I watched that on Friday night. Um, thought Glasgow were, were pretty pretty clinical um, in their performance. Um, Johnny Matthews. Johnny Matthews. I, I literally, like after I think about 45 minutes, I said Johnny Matthews will be man of the match. Like he's been everywhere tonight. <laughs> and he, but he was, he just looked, he's yeah. it's for a, like a big, a big cooker. He's, he's so dynamic around the park. Mm -hmm. He gets involved in so much um, of the game. You know, they, they talked a lot about, obviously, in the, the kind of pre and post match stuff around doing it for, for Rob Parley, oh, the, mm -hmm. for the, the Glasgow Warriors stalwart. So, um, it was brilliant to see them go out and get the win for him and, and put in a good performance. Yeah, bonus point win at home. They're, Glasgow don't have a game this weekend. They've, they, they've got the week off because um, it's back to European fixtures and their European fixtures have, have been completed for now. Uh, Edinburgh, uh, they play Poe uh, in their final game of Europe on, on Friday night at Dam Health, which is really important. Hopefully, uh, I win there, I'll see them qualifying. But they lost away uh, to the Lions 59. It was, um, it was a tough game. It was actually a game where Edinburgh they threatened without being as accurate as they have been. And they were, I think they were frustrated with themselves with the errors and, and, and the tempo to the game because, uh, uh, yeah, I think that if a few of the passes had stuck, they would have really troubled uh, the Lions, but the Lions ground it out home in Johannesburg um, to win 15-9. Um, another big game for the weekend. We, we spoke to the lads last week ahead of the Premiership final. Mar came out on top against Curry. Um, yep. doing it the hard way going away from home and winning the, the first ever tennis premiership title uh, in front of a big crowd at Millennium Park Curry had Kinney set the the example for the season they lost their opening game and, and were unbeaten um, thereafter until until the final so a big congratulations to Mar on their on their victory yeah. in the, the tennis love premiership a, final love an underdog coming through <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well and it was I mean defensively I mean it was a high scored match but defensively I think the, the the made big telling contributions at the right moments, and yeah, for for a team to come up through the journey they've been on to to reach the top, uh, I'm sure I think Carrie will be frustrated, obviously, but uh, I think they were pretty gracious and congratulated Mar on an achievement. So uh, congratulations to to Mar. So that's a look back, and I say we'll uh, look forward a wee bit as well. Other rugby coming our way as uh, our under 18s are in action, both the boys and the girls as. There's an under team girls festival being held at uh, at Edinburgh, Rach, which is which yeah. is great, first one ever. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I think you know the 
pathway over the last couple of years has just been getting stronger and stronger and for these girls to get um exposure to to high intensity kind of international standard matches is exactly what you need at that age and to prepare them as best they can for hopefully a bright future playing for scotland yeah that's uh, that's it man it's uh, a couple of games in a festival of rugby with loads of opportunity to learn i think and spend a bit of time together as well and then the the, the, the boys under 18s they, they've got fixtures over in france and super six is back uh Next Friday, uh, yeah. Well, a week on Friday, the sprint series kicks off. Busy few weeks. There's a lot going on, but anyway, you'll be busy on Sunday, so we'll let you get by. You're uh, you're back in camp tomorrow. Yep. Is that right? Um, yeah. And uh, the hard work will start again for, for yeah, the game on Sunday. On <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Well, good luck to you and good luck to everybody else involved in rugby this weekend, and we'll uh, we'll catch you away next week.